HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program has been brought to you by the International Culinary Center, offering courses that range from classic French techniques in culinary, pastry, and bread baking to Italian studies to management, from culinary technology to food writing, from cake making to wine tasting. For more information, visit internationalculinarycenter.com. This is Chef Emily Peterson, host of Sharp and Hot. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Radio Network. I'm your host, Sherry Bayer, and we're coming to you live from Roberta's Restaurant in Bushwick, Brooklyn. It is Wednesday, September 17th. This is the 35th episode of this series, which is dedicated to behind-the-scenes talents in the hospitality industry. Today, my guest is the co-founder of an amazing culinary trade organization, and I will introduce her shortly. But first, as I do on every show, I will start with my PR tip, and then later we will have my speed round game, industry news discussion, solo dining experience, and the final question. As the founder of Bayer Public Relations, I'm going to tip off the show with my PR tip of the week. Today's tip is to maximize your contacts. Now, this tip is important for publicists, as we are only as good as our relationships. Aside from active networking, or as I like to say, schmoozing, I recommend having access to an online media database, such as Cision. It's a super useful tool, especially when you have a specific pitch and person you want to reach. And you can share a PR software account with a few colleagues to save a bit on the cost, as it is pricey. This is what I do, and it works great. So optimize your relationships online, as well as offline. That's my tip today. Now, I'm very excited about my guest. It is Stephanie Burgoff. She is the president and co-founder of Calintro, a culinary trade organization that provides resources, tools, and business solutions for restaurant industry professionals. A Westchester native who now lives on the Upper East Side, Stephanie caught the food bug early in her career. She graduated from Syracuse University with a BS in hospitality and restaurant management and worked in events for a trade organization before shifting to restaurant PR for Hall PR and KB Hall. In 2009, she co-founded Calintro. Welcome. 
Thank you for having me. I'm so glad you're here. <laughs> and I'm so happy to be here. Any excuse to come out to Roberta's yeah. and to see you. Ah, uh, well, thanks. <laughs> uh, I, I, I love that we share the... The, well, I didn't have the KB Hall, but I had the KB background in yes. PR. Uh-huh. And um, so I wanted to know, so you you went to school for restaurant and, hospi- and restaurant management and hospitality. And then did you know what direction you wanted to go after that? Or did you just, how, what happened after college? Yeah, so in college, I knew that I loved the hospitality. I loved meeting people who really were about restaurants and just about, you know, kind of just the meaning of what hospitality is. And so I, you know, majored in hospitality at Syracuse, knowing that I wouldn't necessarily be someone who could work in a restaurant. So I started learning about what other industries there were that related to hospitality, PR being one of them. So several of my internships throughout college revolved around public relations, which was one was with KB Network News at the time. Oh, really? Wow, cool. Yeah. So then (laughs) upon graduating, I kind of went full circle and explored other opportunities, ultimately coming around to doing PR for restaurants. Right. So you worked, and then you worked with Stephen Hall. Yep. Worked with Stephen. And while I was there, he merged with um, Kareen, and they became KB Hall. Yeah. I'm, I was trying to think when, when, when was this, like 2005-ish? Because um, I, worked, I worked at KB in 2000, up to 2001. Okay. I, I mean, Cullentro started in 2009, so this must have been 2007, 2008. Okay. It was right before I launched Colintro. Yeah, well, two thousand seven, I think. I, I mean, the mer- the merger didn't last that long, <laughs> but they're both they both been very successful. Yes, PR they are. Companies. They are both very yes. successful. Yes, <laughs> and I know I learned a lot from working at KB, and I'm Absolutely. sure. Absolutely, yes. yeah. It, it, it's just a good introduction to understanding the culture of food and hospitality in New York. Absolutely. So then. What inspired Calintro? How did how did this come about? Yeah, so one day I was sitting there thinking about what I loved about the hospitality industry and how I could really how could I facilitate a way to make it easier to access because there was no central community that really offered networking opportunities and job opportunities for hospitality professionals. And so I kind of stepped out of the box and just thought to myself, okay, well, this is what I understand about hospitality. These are the people that I know are involved in the industry. Let me try to create one resource for them and one platform that really connected them. Um, and through events that we host and through the job board that we have, it's we've been able to establish this type of platform. Yes, well, I I became a member as soon, I think as soon as you yes, thank started. You. <laughs> well, thank you because I thought it was it was a it was an amazing idea as a a trade organization that united the culinary and hospitality world. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> and 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 so when you initially started, you were is it what was what was the um what's the right word the 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 business plan or you know what you were doing events I know yeah it was really to create one central location that offered restaurant professionals a place to like a network to be a part of and so with that I started to think like what does the community need they need opportunities they need career advancement they need to meet 
more connections. The only way to succeed in any business is to know enough people to get you to the next level. And I thought, how can I relate that to a company? And with that, we created Cullentro, which, you know, initially stand for culinary trade organization. But ironically, it also stands for culinary introduction, which we didn't ah. even realize when we, when we put together the name. And Neither did I. <laughs> Neat. Yeah. So that part is kind of cool. And with that, we, you know, we're, we're just constantly trying to think of different programs that really unite and allow members to really get excited about in different ways. Right. So you have, I know you've had some panel discussions. Mm-hmm. I found those very interesting, and not only because of the topic, because it brings everyone together to right. network. Uh-huh. So what were some of the ones you've, you've done? Yeah, we've done events and, you know, that are about, you know, we get a lot of top chefs in this city like Michael White and Danny Bowen, Andy Ricker, and we had them talk about how to expand, how they expanded their business. Um, we've talked about rebranding and what that does for your, for your restaurant, um, ways to expose yourself in the media, um, a, a lot about hospitality design because it relates to, you know, owners, to operators, to chefs, to architects and designers. It really brings together a larger group of people. And our next event, we're looking at building, you know, chefs that have left the empire to create their own brand. Aha. Uh-huh. So, you know, we're just trying to offer our members the tools they need to succeed. And if they can hear it from the experts on how they did it successfully, then they can relate that to their own business. That makes sense. Now, your membership, who are who are your members? Is it chefs, publicists? Yeah, it's <laughs> anyone who works for, within, or kind of touches restaurants. So whether or not you work in a restaurant or you work in marketing or PR or you're an architect or designer, it's a, it's a place for you to go and meet other like-minded professionals. And about how many members do you now have? Do you know? Uh, over 50,000. Wow. That's, that's a lot. Yeah, it's a <laughs> lot. It, 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 it's a gradual organic growth. Um, we started in New York. We launched in San Francisco in 2012 and recently this past summer in Chicago. Those are, yeah, I was going to ask you about the expansion because yeah. that's cool. So what's, is it the same, what's happening in those cities? Is is it the same format? Yeah. So we have like Cullentro signature events, which are panel events, our late night parties, our industry happy hours. And so we're putting those together on in those cities and really trying to build out the communities in all of the cities that we expanded to. Our, oh, go ahead. Our job board, you know, we get, we work with restaurants in, I would say, the top 10 to 15 markets, but we really focus on our events on those three markets. So when you say we, how big is your staff now? And I'm assuming you have staff in these other cities. Yeah, so we have, um, we're in New York, we have about five people, one in San Francisco, one in Chicago. Got it. Yeah, you've grown from, well, when you started, it was you and Alina. Yes. And, um, yeah, you've, you've like, a, a smaller, a big, smaller company. <laughs> <laughs> we're excited. We're, we're happy with the way, the direction the company's been expanding. Yeah, and you have an advisory board. Mm-hmm. So who, who's on your advisory board, and what, what do they, how do they advise 
Yeah. <laughs> so, well, when we started uh, Calentro, we realized that we weren't the experts in the industry, but that we were creating a resource that was going to benefit the industry. So in order for us to really help and provide resources, we needed to align ourselves with the experts. So initially in New York, we built out a board of 15 executives, and they range from restaurant owners to like Mark Murphy from Benchmark to designer and owners like Avrico and Glenn Coben, who's also a designer. Who also came on my show. Yeah. Long time ago. (laughs) I think he was like episode five or six. (laughs) Um, uh, We work with a lot of the culinary schools. So we have uh, Maureen Drum, who's the director of career services at the Institute of Culinary Education to the Dean of Johnson & Wales. And we've really tried to bring together people that can really help provide help us provide the best tools for the industry yeah no it's that's smart yeah and that's how we've done it when we've expanded to the other markets it's reach out to the biggest players and see what we can do because every market's a little bit different right well what are you noticing between san francisco chicago and here yeah the difference I would say, I mean, you look at San Francisco, it's the best produce in the world. So a lot more of the restaurants are more focused on the farm-to-table movement and local, local cuisine. You know, you have Napa right there, so it's all about California wines. It's very community-driven. New York is all over the map. You know, Brooklyn is the hottest thing right now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard to compete with food in New York, I'd say. It, it hold, it, it's a higher bar compared to the other cities. Um, and I would say Chicago is really much more taking a risk in the type of cuisine that they're serving. And they use a lot more, I would say, technology to enhance the different dishes. Great. I, that's that's yeah. Um, that's that's a good summary of all that. And <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's. Um, I think I think you're right with New York. When I travel, I'm always comparing to New York, and I think our our average here is still pretty amazing. That it's it's, ha- it's hard. Yeah. It's hard to compete <laughs> with New York because even like we, I mean, we have the best of every type of food there is. Mm-hmm. That's that's true. Like you can get anything here, and you can get it at three in the morning. Right, right. The convenience factor. <laughs> it's just the 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 standard is set so high. Yeah, very true. Okay, so we're going to take a little break here. We're going to come back and talk some more with Stephanie. So stay with us. This is all in the industry on Heritage Radio Network.
The International Culinary Center is a proud sponsor of the HeritageRadioNetwork.org. The ICC, with locations in New York and California, provide cutting-edge education to future chefs, restaurateurs, and wine professionals. We're proud to claim Dan Barber, Bobby Flay, and David Chang among our honored alumni. This is Dorothy Can Hamilton from Chef Story. Check out our ICC website at internationalculinarycenter.com. Welcome back to Heritage Radio Network. This is All in the Industry. I'm Sherry Bayer. My guest today is Stephanie Berghoff of Calintro. So, Stephanie, I wanted to ask you a little more about the job board and how, I mean, I know it's not just back of the house and it's not even just front of the house because you also have, um, uh, it's more administrative jobs and even publicists. Mm-hmm have jobs up there that they could find. So yeah. so can you explain more how the job board works? Yeah, so it's really a job board for our members. So anyone that works within or for or within a parallel business to the hospitality industry, we like to make sure that we have jobs opportunities for them offered on our job board. And to seek a job, there's no fee for that? There's anyone? Yeah, okay. no we recommend you become a member and a member is, you know, ultimately just someone who receives our information through newsletters or job board, um, news that is sent out, but there's no fee to join and there's no fee to search, but there is a fee to post a job. So what's, how does, what's that? How does that work? So we have two different types of job postings. We have regular postings and premium postings. They both, the regular postings are for, we we offer both for 14 and 30 days. The regular postings go down on the list and kind of the premium postings are stay, stay up on top of the list. And prices range from $20 to a regular 14-day listing to $75 for a 30-day premium listing. And what are you finding more most the jobs being posted right now? Is it front? Is it back? Is there a certain position? Because I think... Line uh, cooks? Yeah, that's is, what I was going to say. Yeah, I was... <laughs> you read my mind. Yeah, it, it's hard to find. I mean, so many chefs right now are having a hard time finding quality cooks for their kitchen. And I, I mean, we're trying to figure out different ways of engaging with culinary school graduates or with local communities on how to find and help staff these restaurants, but it, it has become a little bit challenging. Yeah, no, I remember we were talking about that now, God, it was over a year ago we were yeah. talking about that. It's, a, I mean, it, it's a hard job to, to find. You need the, it's all about the passion and the will to want to work and succeed. And oftentimes when you go to culinary school, you come out with a, enough experience to to not want to start at the bottom, which is understandable. It's, you know, culinary school is an expensive education and you're paying to be able to learn and go to the next level. But in order to really gain the right experience, it's all about kind of humbling yourself and walking into these kitchens and agreeing to work the line. Yeah, well, every time I read... An, an article with a chef when they're asked, do they recommend culinary school? Most of them are saying they don't. They they recommend more just to 
do that. Go right. in and get a job, staging, staging, and, uh, yeah. and and or and just experience it because I think a lot of times people don't realize what the job is and and that you're cutting carrots for hours or the, right. and that you have to be consistent and you're not going to become a TV famous chef instantly. <laughs> totally. And it, it, it's hard. It's hard for these, these graduates to be okay with that. And that's understandable. You know, what's interesting in today's food world is just because you go to culinary school doesn't mean that you're going to work in a restaurant. You know, it, it's an education you can use for different areas within right. the industry. Um, but I think in order to really succeed in the restaurants, you really have to be willing to pay your dues. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And I saw on your website you do have a staging program. Yes. So how does what's how does that work? So we work with culinary schools and work with their students to find the best applicants that are really willing to put in the time for an externship. Essentially, it's become more complicated because of the different um, laws pertaining to workers comp insurance and whether or not the restaurant can you can't technically work for a restaurant and stage without getting paid which kind of changes the way the whole dynamic of the kitchen because the way it used to be and the way it is is in europe is you put in your time Mm -hmm. in order to learn and make sure that you're a good fit for the kitchen the you're a good personality for the kitchen and you're really willing to work as hard as you can to make it to the next level so, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. That's a challenge. It is. Uh, but one of our most successful stories is we placed a stage when we first launched Colintro. And he was a young kid, um, really, really passionate. And we called Harold Dieterle, mm-hmm. who had just opened Perilla. Okay. And we said, we have a great guy for you. He's passionate. He has the will. But he doesn't have the experience. Um, would you be interested in meeting with him? And Harold did. And he ultimately became the executive chef at Kin Shop. Oh, that's awesome. And now he's the executive chef at Casamono with his own supper club. So it, it, it's amazing, you know, the power of offering these aspiring cooks these opportunities. Because it, yeah. it's hard to find the passion, but when you find the passion, it really works. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, it's good. It's good when you see, you see, you know, you help someone out and you see them succeed. And yeah, it's nice. It's really rewarding. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we check in with him every so often. And it, it's a nice relationship that we've been able to develop with both, you know, Chef Dieterle and with Diego. That's terrific. Okay, so I want to ask you my question from last week that Ben Leventhal was my guest he's the co-founder and CEO of Resi and he's also the co-founder of Eater.com and his question is what's the biggest challenge our industry is now facing and how are we going to fix it? It's a big (laughs) question Thanks Ben (laughs) and he noted that you're someone who has a good sense about what is happening in the industry and what people are talking about so so that that was his reason for asking you this this big question. Yeah, and no, I've given it some thought. I I think you know, as we were just saying, finding the right talent for your restaurants is always challenging because you know if you have this image of this restaurant and it's only as good as the people that work in the kitchen and the people that work in the front of the house. Mm-hmm. So if you're lacking good staff to really help 
the image that you're looking to maintain, that becomes very challenging. I do think, you know, as it's been pretty, it's been in the news is the rents that are constantly changing in the city. Mm -hmm. And, you know, unfortunately, it is taking a big toll on some restaurants that have been around for many years. And, you know, we're... That's all. That's going to be a big problem, I think, for New York particularly, and I think that's why it's really helped Brooklyn and all of these restaurants that are coming out in the different boroughs. Yeah, no, it is. It is a big problem that, and I keep reading more and more. Even just today, I saw something actually about Williamsburg, the corner where Egg and Mass Chocolate and the the the, Regosta, the, the beer garden over yeah. there. They said they're they might be putting in a there's someone looking to buy the lot and and build some ginormous million dollar property. Um, I don't. I mean that was just it was on Eater today. And yeah. I was like so they're yeah. It's it, it's it, very timely and you know we we keep getting these chains now. New York used to not have chain restaurants, but they're the ones that are, can afford these leases and the banks and the Dwayne Reeds. <laughs> so my fear is that it's going to take over many of our favorite local mom and pop joints that have been there for many years. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, yeah, it's something we're facing and, mm-hmm. and we'll have to, we'll have to see because I think we all, you know, like Union Square Cafe is, is going under, you know, yeah. it looks like they're going to have to close or move. And that's, that's one that, I mean, they all strike home with people. Definitely. um, It's been the city a long time. Yeah. But, you know, what Ben's doing with Resi and all of these ticketing type of ideas of buying reservations, that's a really interesting concept. And maybe that's more ways to give, you know, secured revenue for the restaurants. Yeah, no, and he's, it's taking off. I mean, he keeps securing more and more places and uh, I think it's it's cool what he's doing. I do too. I think it's a really good idea. Yeah. So, okay. Well, great. Yeah. Great. I'm sure Ben will be pleased with your answer. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we're going to take another break here. We're going to come back. We're going to do my speed round game and talk some industry news. So stay with us. This is All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. Ladner from Del Posto, and you're listening to Heritage Radio Network. Okay, we're back. This is All in the Industry and Heritage Radio Network. I'm Sherry Bayer. My guest today is Stephanie Berghoff. It is time for my speed round game. Stephanie, are you ready? 
I'm ready. <laughs> I'm going to name two things and you just pick your preference. Okay. Okay, here we go. Eat in or eat out? Eat out. Eat out, she said. How about wine, beer, or cocktail? Wine. Tasting menu or a la carte? A la carte. Small plates or large plates? Small plates. Tipping or all-inclusive charge? Tipping. Communal table or chef's counter? Chef's counter. Regarding job recruitment, front of the house or back of the house? Back of the house. Breakfast, happy hours, or late night industry events? I should say late night industry events, but I'll I'll say happy hours. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> but 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 your late nights are. I mean, they're. I love oh, 11, the, the, 11, 11 p.m. events. Come you, on. Before having a 16-month-old, they were a lot more fun. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. You're probably more up for the breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. We'll do two more. Che- cheese plate or dessert? Cheese plate. Manhattan or Brooklyn? Manhattan. Cool. You were good. Thank you. Were you were quick. <laughs> you got the speed on it. Most people don't get the speed of my game. (laughs) (laughs) I like the speed. (laughs) Okay, cool. So um, let's talk some industry news. Uh, The first first thing I wanted to bring up is is really sad. Um, Food Arts Magazine is folding after over 25 years. And uh, there was a a nice article on New York Magazine's Grub Street that Hugh Merwin wrote uh, titled "Why Food Arts Closing Is a Major Loss for People Who Love Restaurants," and it was just—I read it. It was so true. Um, you know, it's more of an industry magazine, and it's always been loved by by the industry. It's it's so well produced. I did an internship at Food Arts in 1998 wow. when I moved to New York. Oh, it really hits home for you. Full time unpaid internship. Loved it. Yeah. Wanted to stay on board, but the staff is so small. And the staff that's was there then and since has been there mm-hmm. they're still there now and mm-hmm. I feel I feel really I feel really bad that they're they're closing because it's um Beverly Steven, Jim Porras, Gary Stevens. Uh they've all been there. I mean they were all there when I was there and Arian and Michael Badbury started this magazine in uh, it started in 1988, and they also founded Food and Wine magazine. Mm-hmm. I don't know if people know that. Um, and Michael passed away many years ago, and it's—I don't know—it's just—it's sad. So yeah, it is really sad. I, 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 I yeah. I, I mean, you know, when Gourmet folded six years ago, that was really sad too. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's these magazines that really touch home to a lot of to, to the community. And there aren't many of them that you really respect and you really read and you, you kind of take to heart. So it, it's, a, it's sad to know that, that they are folding, folding and that they're not able to kind of reach the next generation. You know, it, it's, it says a lot about the next generation of what's to come and what they're looking to for their news and industry information. Yeah, and they were just really pioneers. They... um I, I mean, I think things things they were doing years ago with putting Anthony Bourdain mm-hmm. writing articles and putting pictures of pig on the cover, whatever yeah. they were doing was was way ahead of the curve. Completely. 
And I, I mean, I love that I had the opportunity to work with them and even to get to know Michael Batterberry. Uh, he was, I remember as an intern, just, just you know, being very shy and, and, and humble and being in meetings and he would he'd want to know my opinion on things. <laughs> and I was like, really? And because he, he was just, he was just such a smart man and, uh, and so, so distinguished and... Right. Yeah, really great people. Yeah, it's really sad to know that they're folding. It is. So I wish them the best. I I really, everyone who's been working there all these years, they're really good people. So Mm -hmm. I hope they look forward to seeing what they they find. You know, I think Beverly's going to freelance a bit. Yeah. So we'll see. Yeah, good luck to to all of them. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, other not-so-happy news. (laughs) I didn't realize this. I was... The not happy news show. Uh, so we've talked on here about Tavern on the Green and yes. the not-so-wonderful reviews they've received. And they just announced Katie Sparks, the executive chef, has left. She's after five months. And so they don't they don't have a, a replacement right now. They're looking. The article said they're... This is in the... There was many articles, but there was one in the New York Times, and it was saying that the owners are looking for someone who has no conflict with the volume, the criticism, and the pressure, and thrives on it. So maybe, hey, what about now, now Calintro, job board? Yeah. Do you have a posting out? No, I don't know <laughs> if we have a posting out, to be honest. Um, but we will tomorrow. <laughs> I'll reach out to them. <laughs> But it is sad. I mean, Katie is such a wonderful, wonderful, talented chef. And but I, I, I can't imagine what the pressure of working in a restaurant with the reputation of what Tavern on the Green has for New York, the the pressure that must be. It's a lot of pressure and it's yeah. the volume. I mean, all of those things and everyone, you know, it's a it's a it's a big it's a it's a big responsibility. It's Some not just say. a restaurant with a lot of seats. It has everyone has been looking and the reviews have been tough. Yeah, they've been really tough. And it's a, you know, you're getting New Yorkers, but you're getting a lot of tourists and everyone's a critic these days. So Mm -hmm. it it makes any chef's work much more difficult. Very true. And I was thinking with, I mean, Stephen Hall's done the PR for them. And uh, I was just, I mean, I've always thought everything about this project being the publicist is it's a tough client i mean there's a lot there's a lot of hype there's a lot going on so um i'm sure he has his hands full with this one uh but yeah through a great opening party (laughs) i'm sure they did i saw photos yes (laughs) glad glad you were invited (laughs) (laughs) Uh, it's a beautiful place and i'm sure i'm 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 I'll be curious to see who they get. I mean, I think they do need someone who's who can handle a huge a, a huge amount of covers mm-hmm. daily. Um, and I'm sure they will find yeah, someone. I'm sure they will. So, get that posting up. Yeah, on we'll Contra. help them. We'll have them for sure. <laughs> okay, so let's see another another article. Uh, well, the review today in the New York Times they did Claudette. Mm-hmm. Pete Wells reviewed it. Uh, the title's Inside a Souvenir from France. He gave it one star. And it's interesting because on the show last week, Ben Leventhal named Claudette as one of his best favorite restaurants right now. And I agreed. I had a really lovely meal there. Pete liked it, but he wasn't 
totally wowed. Mm-hmm. Have you been? I haven't been yet. It's 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 uh, it's got a great energy. I think they do that well. Mm-hmm. You know, the restaurant group itself creates rosemaries. Like they they have a good method to their restaurants, and they have good followers, and they know the area that that they they keep opening up restaurants in an area where the diners are familiar with the brand, and I think that you know helps the energy within the restaurant. Yeah, I agree, and they they totally revamp the space and absolutely. Yeah, I think. I mean, it wasn't a bad review. It it wasn't. I mean, it wasn't totally glowing, but it was. It but was, I think one star for them is. You know, I was thinking about it today, and I'm like, you. It's hard to compare all these different restaurants that we have in the city. You know, because mm-hmm. like the Nomad or Eleven Madison, like three stars to them, there still might be like or two stars. They still might get some. You can't compare. It's apples to oranges in a way. You know, you go to Claudette, and one star for them, I think, is a really good review. Yeah, no, that's true. I mean, I think, I mean, Pete Wells has given, there's a lot of two-star reviews he's given, and it's, I mean, it's, I think it's easier, obviously, to give the one and the two, or, and, I don't know, it's interesting, but you're right, comparing, I mean, yeah, it's not it's that hard. big of a scale. No, it's not that big of a scale, and you can't yeah. have these restaurants, like a neighborhood French restaurant with a good energy, and you can't compare it to the top of the the top of the scale of restaurants that are also in New York. Right. Yeah. Oh, cool. Last article. Yeah. Can't believe I'm getting to four articles in the show. Amazing. Okay. So we have, uh, on variety.com CBS gives production commitment to buddy comedy. Now I am talking about, our friends, chefs, chefs Daniel Holtzman and Michael Chernow, the owners of New York City's Meeple Shops, that they have a new sitcom coming out. Uh, well, it's 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 based on their story. So it's a comedy sitcom on CBS uh, by Warner Brothers that is, they are the consulting producers, and the whole thing is about two friends who have to go to couples therapy <laughs> after they decide to go into business as restaurateurs. <laughs> so I think it's, I mean, these guys have gotten so much press and they're oh, such, they are killing it. Yeah. They're amazing guys. Oh, they're fantastic. And they just have such addictive personalities, mm-hmm. you know, spending time with them is always so much fun. And they're, they're too, they're just such a great pair. It's, Anytime we do a party, it's a good party if Daniel or Michael shows up. They're, you know, they know how to create the life of the party. They have such good energy, and their restaurants are just so fun. They are, and they're genuine, and I've, I'm so happy for this, their success. Me and I, too. I look forward to seeing how this, this turns out. I think it's called The Meatball Project. I can't wait. I'm and I, so proud. Of, like, what they've been able to do from a lo- little meatball store on the Lower East Side to building this huge empire and brand is unbelievable. It's been fun watching. Yeah, really. And I remember going to, I think it was a late night event that you did at the, their Williamsburg location, yep, right? Yep. Okay. Yep, yep. We did one about two years ago at their, when, it, when the Williamsburg location first opened. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, it was really fun. I mean... J- Eating meatballs anytime there's you never need an excuse because they're always perfect for whatever meal you're looking for. Right. It was well, just a brilliant concept that they put together so well and executed. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm very happy for them. I mean, this is cool. Yeah. And the show, I think it's just the start of how like all these chefs, everyone's you know really making it and 
all these producers of TV shows are really taking what the chefs were and making them celebrities. And it's real. It's really putting, changing our food culture and putting all these restaurants on the map. It, it's a very exciting time to be involved in food. Yes, absolutely. Okay, great. We're going to take one more break and come back. I'm going to do my solo dining experience, so stay with us. This is All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. Clay Gordon of thechocolatelife.com, and you're listening to HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Welcome back to All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Sherry Bayer, and it's time for my solo dining experience of the week. Now, this week, I checked out Danny Meyer's brand new Italian restaurant, Marta, which is at the new Martha's, Martha Washington Hotel on East 29th Street near Madison. The restaurant is inspired by Roman traditions of thin, crackly, crusted pizzas and seasonal specials cooked alla brace, which means over open ambers. Okay, now the chef and partner is Nick Anderer, who is also a chef and partner at Union Square Hospitality Group's Maialino, and the chef de cuisine is Joe Tarasco. Now, I went early on a Saturday night. I had been at the Taste Talks that were out here in Brooklyn, which were great. And then I went over there, and I went early because this place is really new, and I wanted to make sure I got a seat. And I did. I And I got a seat at the chef's counter, which I love sitting at. And it was a real treat because I was right in front of all the pizza-making action, and I was able to chat with Nick and his team while I was there. And I was also sitting next to their cheese guy, who I might have on my show, which was really cool that I, I met. I met. Um, I met him. So um, it was a great experience. And they have these two giant wood-fired pizza ovens that are in display at an open kitchen, so you can see them from anywhere in the restaurant. But trust me, go in, get at the chef's counter. That's that's where you want to sit. Okay, now the menu looked fantastic. I started with the radicchio salad which had quinoa, ricotta salada, almonds, and fresh local peaches. And the salad really was all about those peaches. You know, end of the summer, get your peaches. And then I went, you know, there were a lot of pizza choices, but I went with the fungi, which had fontina cheese, hen of the woods, chanterelles, red onion, and thyme. 
if you love mushrooms, this is your pizza. It was it was wonderful. It had a nice, thin, crispy crust. The toppings were awesome. And there were... I'll have to go back and try more of the pizzas. Um, and, you know, it's not that big of a, of a pizza. I mean, I ate about half and I took the rest home but it's a thin crust I think if I was if I skipped the salad I probably could have eaten the whole thing um my service was awesome very genuine what to be expected at a Union Square Hospitality Group restaurant I think and I'm happy for them so congratulations Danny and Nick their website's martamanhattan.com so um it's time for the final question Stephanie I want to see if you can ask a question for my guest next week. I'm having on Farmer Lee Jones. He is of the Chef's Garden, which is an amazing sustainable farm in Ohio that works with an array of impressive chefs. Farmer Lee is also hosting Roots 2014 on October 19th and 20th at the Vegetable, the Culinary Vegetable Institute. And I'm actually helping working on that Roots conference. So um, I'm excited. So I'm excited I'm having Farmer Lee on the show next week. He's fantastic. I I was going to ask, you've met him before? At the James Beard um, Awards, Uh I've met him. That's how I met him. Because, I mean, people (laughs) don't know him. Yeah. He he has his signature overalls and red bow tie he wears everywhere. Yeah. So you can't miss him. Yeah. And he's just so (laughs) sweet. Yeah. He's smiling and just very warm. Yeah, really nice guy. Um, so, Stephanie, yeah. what, what should I ask him? So, I was thinking, has um, with like the farm to table movement and the sophistication of the consumer's dining habits, how has that impacted, you know, purchasing from farms? Has it, or has, you know, restaurants always been, you know, purchasing a certain amount? Have they changed their menu because of it? Ah, terrific. I will ask and him. And that's what I was curious to know what from his expertise and knowledge what he thought i'll find out he is an expert yes you know and he (laughs) he does he supplies all these amazing chefs i mean everyone does know him yeah and he's so well respected in the industry yeah yeah well great thank you look forward to hearing his response (laughs) (laughs) awesome well this has been fun it flew by (laughs) it did fly it was it was a great 40 minutes thank you so much for having us having me on the show well having you having us calintro you're very welcome thank you Um, anyone who wants to find out more about calintro their website is calintro.com and stephanie is on social media her handle is sfb calintro and their handle is just calintro and that's c-u-l-i-n-t-r-o you can't figure it out. And I love the the culinary intro. I know it works. Yeah, totally. <laughs> now I see it. Never saw it until you I said had it that. <laughs> Fabulous. Well, thank you so much, Ari. This was great. Oh, you're welcome. No problem. Uh, this has been, I love spending time with you. And on you live know. air, why not, right? Yeah, why not? <laughs> and now we get to eat Roberta. It's even better. <laughs> Terrific. Well, anyone who missed a live broadcast, you can always find us at heritageradionetwork.org. We're also on Stitcher and iTunes. Thanks to my engineer, Liz, and of course to Stephanie and everyone out there listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and I hope you'll tune in again next week when I'm back with Farmer Lee Jones at 4 o'clock on Wednesday. So until then, have a great week. Bye. Thanks 
for listening to this program on heritageradionetwork.org. You can find all of our archive programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can email us questions anytime at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a 501c3 non-profit. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.